Polish-Australian Business Forum presents Unity Stories about us Twenty twenty two marks fifty years of diplomatic relations between Poland and Australia. I am Leonie Tillman, and I'll be interviewing ten notable Australians of Polish heritage across business, science, and the arts about their stories. We now invite you to celebrate our unity. Stories about us. Peter Kuspchek is best known for being co-founder and CEO of Innovate Australia. But what strikes me most about Peter is his enormous curiosity and enthusiasm for life. He describes himself as being passionate about science, technology, innovation and the future. And I ask him about one event that might have set him off in this direction. I had a few things that actually changed my life, but probably, probably to be honest, the, the biggest one that, that uh, get me looking into sort of uh, this direction into better future would be when my daughter was born, my daughter Patricia. Uh, so we, when we had a daughter, you know, just I realized this is this is a little bit <laughs> life changing experience, and and I become sort of more serious thinking about her future especially, you know, how the world going to be, etc. cetera. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that was that was probably uh, the biggest event. And that will actually, that spurred me to actually write a curriculum for for a recycling education program for kids. <laughs> and then I met a fantastic uh, lady, a Scottish lady named Winifred Miser. Together we started a program a fully blown program like educational program which took us to took us to United Nations in New York. We were working with United Nations environmental program, etc. And so that was that was the, the key moment. However, I have to tell you um, also, you know, it has to be fertile ground, okay, for for every seat like that. And my fertile ground was that uh, several years later, earlier actually, I read a book my very first book in English called Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz. It's a fantastic book and actually changed my life completely and sort of give me this, this big picture. Um, and in that book, I read uh, about another book called uh, Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. Then um, I followed that book and that take took me to actually, there was a, uh, uh, a recording uh, by Earl Nightingale called The Strangest Secret. And the secret was a very simple thing, which people know from thousands of years, was we become what we think about. And then what was the great about it, it was also a recipe. We can change who we are and where we are by changing what goes into our mind. So that, that's definitely <laughs> was a big moment for me. So it's a bit of a combination of real life events and, and more of a psychological and, and spiritual almost experience. So what did you see that was wrong in the world that made you suddenly want to do something different? I look at, I, I realized this was the beginning and I had some friends who were actually involved uh, in environmental movement, but from a business point of view. So I, I knew 
uh, a couple, Mark and Nina Merson. Mark was the movie producer, produced a movie called uh, Doc Hollywood uh, with Michael J. Fox, <laughs> actually. Uh, but he decided to create an uh, environmental expo. So he um, decided to look at it from business point of view because he realized that actually if, if this is going to be profitable for companies, the green movement, then actually going to be successful. So he created uh, Eco Expo, or Eco Expo, depending where you're from, how you pronounce it, and it was was very successful. Actually, I was lucky to participate uh, in that. Actually, with Winifred, with that lady, and um, yeah, so that's you know, I saw that that um, this is really a, a big challenge for for the humanity. I, I know at that time, you know, that was that was in late 80s. People were still ignoring. <laughs> completely uh, environmental thing, so which is, you know, we have results of it now. But yeah, it was clearly visible that it's a very important issue. Peter has created over 90 events, and I ask him what is important about this format and why he loves it. Events itself, it's addictive. <laughs> it's, it's actually, look, I, I do enjoy it. You know, I, I do enjoy being with people. I do enjoy actually people talking to other people. I do enjoy business connections. So I, 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 I do recognize the importance of building this innovation ecosystem. And the only way to do it is actually when you get people from different walks of life bumping into each other and coming across each other. So the first event actually, when very first, before Innovate Australia with my, my colleague, Adam Masarian, uh, and I was running business at that time, building electric vehicle charging stations with three fantastic Polish guys. So instead of running around town and asking people, uh, yeah, trying to introduce ourselves, and you know, so, so we thought, hey, we can organize a, a, a meeting and get people who, everybody who is who, you know, just uh, to this meeting. So this way, two things happen. One, we don't have to waste time actually, yeah, introducing ourselves. Second, people just assume that you know something when you already do. So we actually organized meeting, actually first meeting. And, um, and I always tell people there is a serendipity. So at that time, there was actually uh, a, a man visiting from, from um, Switzerland, uh, from a company called ABB, which is Swiss-Swedish company. And he was an expert in smart grids. So I, 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 I found out about him. I said, hey, you're visiting Perth. Would you speak on our event? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then we had um, another really good speaker. And yeah, uh, as a result of this meeting, okay, we find out, look, this is too early. This is not for us. We're not going to do a business. But people loved it. They come to, oh, man, this is fantastic. How good that was. There was nothing like that before. Okay, when is the next one? And never supposed to be the next one. But since we already, boy, it costs nothing to do it. And we, we had fun as well. So we thought, oh, what the hell? Yeah, we do it in a couple months. And we did. So we just organized another and another. And we called it uh, Smart Grid Innovation Network, which was predecessor for, to, to our now Energy Innovation Network. Yeah. Yeah, and speaking about energy, you, you, you're particularly focused on green energy, I understand. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. I'm also a, a, a sort of supporter of nuclear energy as well. I know people panicking when they hear nuclear, but uh, 
technology changed so much, uh, and right now we get what is called fourth generation nuclear reactors. So basically, you know, they're not necessarily based on, on uranium, some of them based on thorium, but small exaggeration, but you can almost fit one in your living room. So definitely there is a place for it, and, and as the science progresses, as Innovate Australia, we actually an official partner to the World Nuclear Energy Day, which is on 2nd of December. So we're organizing actually an event on 2nd of December. And one of our speakers is going to be talking about fusion. So there's very interesting things coming online, actually, when it comes to alternative energy. But uh, green, at the sense of, uh, you know, might not be renewable, but definitely is green. So, you know, doesn't emit CO2, etc. Is this a big part of what you do yourself or is this part of Innovate Australia as well? Uh, yeah, look, I, I, I actually, I like learning. I really enjoy learning. Okay. So I enjoy knowing. <laughs> so although I have to admit, I mean, in most areas of life, I'm, I'm actually a, a dilettante. You know, I, I know a little bit about a lot of things, <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm sort of, I'm, my attention span is not huge, so, you know, I often get, you know, oh, this is interesting. Wow, fusion, look at this. And that's probably would come from, you know, from being a kid, a little bit being rebellious, so lack of discipline as well, which is, plays a big part of it, but also a character being, you know, really interested in things. So it's, you know, I'm envious of people who just, you know, they they seven years old and they find out I want to be a nuclear physicist and they spend their life and they're extremely successful in it. So, uh, I think that's that's rare that, you know, that you have, there, definitely there are individuals like that. But but for me, I, I, look, I'm, I'm enjoying who I am. Okay, let me put it this way. Yeah, I would imagine that today that's almost an, an advantage, an advantageous position to be in, to be able to morph and change and learn something and move in a new direction more so than what it has been in previous eras. Yes, yes, yeah, you're absolutely right. Because right now it's, um, you know, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm used to be a high school dropout two months before my matriculation exams at Lisi, I just like to stuff it. I'm going, you know, so, so I actually left home at 17 and, and, you know, just a bit irresponsibly because my parents had no idea what happened to me. So eventually, you know, after two weeks, I, I let them know that I'm okay. Yeah, it's really interesting that you've got this broad understanding, I guess. I'm coming back to that first question I asked you and this interest in so many different areas and just having an innate curiosity about the world and how to change it. I think it all comes back to that. And how do you create that? Where did that come from? Yeah, I, Rook, I really enjoy it. I think I think a lot of it is actually thanks to travel through the world, you know, just going, you know, just uh, emigrating from Poland and ending in Australia. Then I, I lived for over a decade in the United States and, you know, just uh, traveling the world for eight months, you know. So I think that's, that opens the horizons as well. You know, the, uh, in Poland, they say podróże kształcą, which means travel broadens mind, you know. So, and and that's, that's what's happened. So you start looking differently and, and more you... More you see and more you learn, then you want to, then first of all, you know how little you know, and then you want to know more, you know, so that's, I think that's what it is. 
As the CEO and co-founder of Innovate Australia, Peter has achieved so much and brought people together across an enormously diverse range of industries such as space, biomimicry, gaming, mining, oil and gas, defence, aged care, disability. I ask him, what's next? The moment when I knew was sort of, I was really happy when actually organization received funding because that's usually, wasn't huge, but was uh, $100,000 from state government and, and 100000 from federal government. So actually federal give us money and the state volunteered to match it, which was fantastic. I purposely sort of withdrew myself from the organization. Again, look, uh, I know my limitations and it's, uh, you know, I'm good at this, you know, as you can tell, you know, organizing, I like people organizing, doing stuff, coming up with ideas, putting things together, um, sort of analyzing the future, future trends, and that that's me, okay? But I'm not a good administrator, okay? And at that point, I'm very comfortable about it. I, I, you know, when I was younger, I was suffering because, yeah, and now I'm going, yeah, what the hell? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just going to uh, focus on things, my strong points, not on my try to change my weak points at this stage. So what we're trying to do with Society of Australia is actually to get social license for hydrogen, which means getting uh, hydrogen idea of hydrogen accepted, you know, and going towards hydrogen-based economy. So, so that's what we're trying to do. With Innovate Australia, we're actually going to restructure right now. So we're trying to change a little bit, um, uh, again, the structure of the organization being more of an umbrella organization. And more inclusive, we actually growing our board as well. Had a couple of people, really interesting people, uh, coming or being candidates now for the board. So, so yeah, I'm hoping this, you know, uh, this to uh, sort of cement those two organizations. So that's that's what the near agenda, you know. And it's those two organizations where your ninety percent of your focus will lie. Uh, for now, but mm. I'm sure I'm sure <laughs> that, that won't last. That look, Innovate Australia. Uh, uh, you know, I've, I've been running it for for close to seven years, and the reason why that appeals to me because, like I told you, I like the organizing events because I like that I have an idea sitting on my sofa in the living room, and then two months later, you know, we have. 100 people in the room, we got six experts on the panel, you know, we got really interesting um, MC. We have um, our great supporter is Senator Linda Reynolds. Linda is a uh, um, fantastic woman, you know, just uh, first woman to reach a rank of brigadier in Army Reserve and uh, a huge achiever, but such a genuine person, you know. And... So, so Linda I actually went before she became a minister because now she's minister. Uh, she was a minister for defense previously, but before she became minister, she had more time as a just senator. So she often MC our events. So, so you know, so that was really cool for us. You know, so I think just to show the breadth of it, I also read that you were involved in a project called One Eight Hundred Help Me, which is around mental health. So I think just for the breadth of everything, it just shows that you really are stretching very far. Um, but maybe tell us a little bit about that project and how that came about. Actually, it's very apropos because this is great, uh, great collaboration between Poland and Australia. Our, our main collaborator is uh, there is a company in Poland called Tecmo. 
uh, that's technical part of the project. And um, uh, my now friend, Bartosz Zuko, who runs uh, that company, every Thursday we actually have a chat, you know, so we have a uh, sort of meeting about one uh, to help me. Idea behind it is to create one uh, to help me is a phone number. So basically, um, yeah, it's a it's a number what you will remember, you know, when you dial. So um, and the idea is to use artificial intelligence to create a central point for personal crisis and suicide prevention. Uh, in Australia, there is over 100 organizations that deal with, with uh, in that issues. Yeah? And many of them, you would never find out about them. Okay, but some of them are, are, are very appropriate maybe for you if you have some some uh, problems, you know, mental problems, etc. So, um, so the idea is that um, we have a main organization in Australia, it's called Lifeline. So um, a Lifeline, there are a couple beyond blue, but Lifeline is the main organization. So, so usually when you see a program on television afterwards, it says, if you're experiencing similar feelings, call Lifeline on 131114. Yeah? So, and same thing if you read the article in newspaper or on magazine, same thing. It says call Lifeline and Okay, so so basically, it's it's almost a monopoly. I mean, it, it, they're doing a fantastic job. I've 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 done some project with them previously, and um, yeah, uh, but um, they, basically, they're just only one organization. But most people wouldn't know, and smaller organizations don't have resources to advertise, tell the world, hey, here we are, you know, so um, I have friends who work, you know, there is an organization called Mates in Construction, which is actually preventing suicide for construction workers. Majority of people have no idea that something like this exists, for example, you know, so so there are, there are appropriate services for youth, for abused women, for children, for, uh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, just, so the idea was to create something that, first of all, one eight hundred help me is a mnemonic, which means you know it's a, you remember this easily as a number. So yes, so you can dial it easily at any. So you don't need to Google and try to find out who can help you, especially when this is the central point when everybody else, you know you can from that on you can be directed. So it's kind of the umbrella that goes over the top of them, and then through AI they can it can be redirected to the right organization. That is correct. Doesn't replace any existing service. Actually, helps them, mm. um, helps to direct people to exactly appropriate service. While there's a strong theme and, and passion for green energy, we can also see that Peter's keenly interested in many aspects of life. So I'm curious about his journey to Australia. Yeah, that that was interesting, and you know that's another lesson to learn that actually things are never as bad as they seem, and things are never as good as they seem. And it's good to remember that, you know. Yeah, so so this is this is the idea that actually first went through Austria and went to through Austria, emigrated, you know, in Austria get permanent residency and emigrated to Australia. So uh, actually in Austria. Uh, originally, I didn't want to leave Poland. I had different plans. And we had a friend from an um, uh, apartment building where we live that actually just went to, I think, to Austria, but then then called his parents like literally about two weeks time already from Sydney. At that time, was the immigration was so easy because yeah, this was 1980, 1981, you know, so... 
So a lot of people wanted Polish people, the, the immigration, because people usually were uh, well educated. They, uh, you know, they, uh, for a lot of people was advantage actually, you know. So that's what's happened. So, so we actually, we had choice. Once you get to Vienna, you had a choice. You can go to United States. They almost tried to, you know, to, to grab you, you know, so you can go to United States. Uh, some people went to South Africa. I was reading a book in Poland uh, when I was a kid. It was, uh, was about uh, adventures of young boy Tomek. And the, one of the books was Tomek in, in the kangaroo country, so which was about Australia. So that always spurred my imagination as well about Australia. So, so eventually, yeah, when I decided to go, um, that friend who actually uh, went to Sydney, he um, he actually he didn't know anything about immigration. What can you learn in two weeks? So it's just what you hear from someone. So he gave. Um, actually, at that time, um, my brother and his sister-in-law left first, and they wanted to talk me into it. I didn't want it. I didn't want to go. But then eventually I met with my brother in Bratislava, brought in some supplies. Uh, at that time was Czechoslovakia. So um, when, I, when I came to Australia, uh, my experience in Austria was very critical. And the reason why, because my, my six months in Austria, which I spent, was the most horrible time. I mean, Austria is beautiful and people are beautiful all this, but for, for, for me personally, no money. I never in my life experienced being hungry. I did first time on two occasions that literally had nothing to eat. Uh, that never happened to me previously. I had quite good life in Poland. Uh, so it was really horrible survival in that sense, you know? So, so I was so delighted when I came to Australia. Eventually, we got tickets and all this. And so, when I came to Australia, it was a paradise because everything, all of a sudden, everything we, we uh, arrived in Perth, went to a migrants' hostel uh, here here in Perth, and um, it was absolutely fantastic place. So they give us money, which I mean, that didn't have any money previously. So you get you get benefits straight away. Uh, you get you get meals every day. You get you go to school. I mean, they were teaching us basic basic uh, English as well. So uh, that was absolutely fantastic for me. So so I loved it. How can you draw this this links between these beginnings and and where you're at now? Do you, in a sense, it, it sounds like it might have been easy for you working in Australia. You can find something something challenging and something really cool, you know, about every job. Seriously, yeah. So it, it just you know that makes you resilient that you know that things it that you know. If, if it seems bad, it's not as bad as it seems. I'm starting to understand why you believe anything is possible and making a dent on the future will actually become a reality. I, I'm curious, though, about your family still because you, you haven't spoken much about them, but has your family played a part in your drive and success? Okay, look, I, I think the one thing that that uh, my parents both, they had really good work ethics, you know, so my mom was a mom at home most of the time. Uh, later in life, uh, she actually worked as a cleaning lady as well. You know, so uh, but she she really had fantastic work ethics. She um, she uh, was really good at sewing. Actually, I think that was you know her um, sort of uh, 
professional education. You know, so she um she actually saw all our outfits and she liked doing it. She always come up with some some designs which was was great, but also we like stick out like sore thumbs because she designed you know, like uniforms. Kids, every kid had the same uniform. No, she made them like totally different with shining buttons. And so it looked totally different. <laughs> and she just enjoyed doing it. It wasn't just, you know, to show off or something, but, you know, so my father, he was um, a very popular guy. People liked him, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, he was he was great at skiing. He was great at dancing. He danced in the troupe, like, you know, he, he, was, uh, he was great at sailing. Um, I'm actually not not really good at any of those things, you know. So, so actually, I, I shouldn't say not really good. I'm not good at any of those things, you know. So, but you know, again, the one thing he worked as a precision mechanic. He actually uh, repaired typewriters and uh, tabulators, which and later was trained to actually do repair uh, uh, Xerox machines. He also, because in Poland, people always the money was short. So, what he did, he actually. Um, grab old, he restore old typewriters. And, and we were laughing at him, you know, like when he brought like junk, literal junk. And I was absolutely amazed at the end of the day. I mean, it took him a long time, but it was brand new. Absolutely. Uh, with Together with all the little stickers, gold stickers, and, you know, like you see that on movies, the old black typewriters, mm. you know, it's like, it was fantastic. He was so talented in doing that. And that's why I really I like restoring things more than new things. You know, so mm. I, I, I really enjoy that. And this is far more satisfying than just go and, you know, build a new house or something. Yeah, I'm starting to get a picture now. There's a lot of innovation in all of that and a lot of vision in all of that. So it, it does make sense that where you've come from. I guess the other thing I'm interested in about is your opinion on Polish values and Australian values. Poland had a really very colourful past also from ups and downs. Poland was, Poland, Lithuania, um, uh, Commonwealth was, was the largest state in Europe. Poland had, had a very powerful army at that time, uh, which was uh, led by uh, Polish wing hussars. So they were they were incredible, you know. They were they were uh, feared all over Europe, you know. So basically, they, they were uh, Polish cavalry. Uh, uh, they were noblemen, soldiers, and and actually part of the equipment were long wings. So they had uh, vertical wings that actually bent at the end uh, with feathers. And the idea was uh, first of all several things. One, they make a tremendous noise. Okay, so if you if you can imagine, you know, five hundred riders, heavy riders, and heavy horses in in the in the full armor and just riding, and you know the 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 enemy, you know, the opposite uh, standing opposite, you know, they really they 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 soul sunk to the ground, you know. So <laughs> seeing this because it's incredible mm-hmm. noise. So so that's one, and you know they had uh, they had uh, extremely long uh, long lances or pikes, you know. So so I, they, they were deadly, absolutely. So you know just just seeing them, you know, just was horrible experience, and and um. Yeah, so so that was that was for for a couple of centuries actually. They were they were they were, uh, they were still then, and actually they were uh, crucial in actually saving Vienna. 
from Ottoman Empire. So, mm. uh, so uh, you know, so from Poland being that, okay, then three and a half centuries later, Poland disappeared from the map. You know, after we had we had uprisings in Poland because we had three funny neighbors. We had Russia, Prussia, and Austria-Hungary, and slowly they were they were um, uh, swallowing Poland. So after every uprising, they were, they took more and more. And after the third uprising, which was actually led by by Tadeusz Kościuszko, hence Gura Kościuszki, Man Kosciuszko, what the people mm. say in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> actually, because Polish explorer Paweł Szelecki, who actually discovered and climbed, uh, he actually named it after, after Kościuszko. So after that, a year later, Poland disappeared from the map until end of World War II, which was uh, uh, in, in 1918, when Poland was sort of reborn and uh, on the map again. You know, 20 years later, the World War II, Germany came to Poland. You know, in the first months in September, 1st of September, they started War 39. And first month, they killed, you know, depending about a couple hundred thousand people. It's amazing, you know. So, And then, you know, during the whole war, about five, five million people died. And, you know, a lot of them Jewish population, about, you know, just from Poland, about three million. You know, so huge numbers. And, and so, so, and then, you know, you think you like, oh, okay, we're going to be free, you know, end of the war. And then you fall under, under Soviet communists, you know. So, so, and a lot of people who are, you know, really patriots actually get arrested. And, you know, and then, you know, some of them try to be in opposition, you know. So, because uh, what's happened is actually makes you resilient. So, you, you, when you ask about values, you know, adaptability you know you have to adapt to every circumstance you know so mm -hmm. but thanks to that we had great poets we had you know just people we had maria skłodowska it's a polish lady who is you know just a fantastic scientist beating everybody nobody much her so far you know she was a uh, not only woman but person who actually gets two Nobel prizes and you know so 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 i think that, that when it comes to values that's what it is it's 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 adaptability resilience but also positive thinking you know, you have to be sort of have a have a hope and look positively in the future. So I think those three are very important. And how do you relate that to Australia? Is there anything in common that you can observe there? I think uh, first of all, what struck me, like I said, just uh, Australia. I like it. It's it's sort of easygoing, you know. So so, but what that translates to, not just being like yeah, whatever, but uh, you know, it's. Uh, it's positive thinking. I mean, the Australian uh, idiom sort of is is should be right, you know. So, which means things gonna work out. Don't worry, you know. Like, yeah, don't worry, be happy. You know? so, so, which is which is really good. But also, you know, what, what's different in Australia, which it really is, you know. I mean, people say, oh, yeah, rich people, but it really is egalitarian society. I, I I know people. Look, obviously, there are people who are wealthy, people who are, you know, you know, in in power position. But in general, it's really. You know, it's 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 quite quite even, you know, and and also Australians are very tolerant as well. When I listen to Peter, I hear an environmentalist, innovator, leader, board member, scientist, businessman, advocate, networker, but I wonder how he sees himself. Mostly, I, I'm curious about life, you know, about, uh, I like to know things like I mentioned earlier. I, I like to learn because I like to know stuff. I'm interested in life, you know, and inter that's why science interests me, you know, so my, my view on life, you know, which 
not everybody might share, but you know, just uh, but uh, I, I, I really like uh, that science can explain pretty much everything, you know. Don't take anybody's word for it. That's the essence, you know. So you actually still you have to, you know, dig deeper and just understand. And even understanding, especially for young people, understanding our behavior, why we behave like this. Because, you know, we got hormones, because we got endorphins, because, you know, just uh, everything, you know. So so a lot of stuff can be, you know, it's not supernatural. We can explain stuff. But it's important for me I, I, to understand this. And I think you'd be... Uh, great for for younger generation to you know just just understand and and you know there is such a thing um, as Occam's razor. Occam's razor it's basically the idea that the simplest explanation usually is the right one. So so there was there was a, a, a monk I think 14th century William of Occam, uh, and he is the one who actually come up with this idea. And, you know, so that's why, you know, people believe in conspiracy theories and all this. And usually if you, if you start digging, the simplest explanation is the right one, you know. So, so it, it is, it, I like that. It's, it's fascinating. That's why I like science. I like, you know, from astronomy to chemistry. So just as, as a concluding point then, if um, you, you mentioned your daughter early on in the interview and that being a big moment of change in your life, but if you looked back over your career and what would be the highlight? Actually, I have to admit, okay, um, oh yeah, i show you my highlight. This is my highlight, okay? There is a book that was published this year, okay? It's called Australia's Nobel Laureates, State of Our Innovation Nation, 2021 and beyond. Okay, so um, I, for me, that's a highlight because there is a 100, uh, the first section talks about Australian Nobel laureates and the second section, actually 100 people, authors from, from Australia that were asked by publisher to put something there. And on the page, <laughs> 226, that's me, so <laughs> Wow, amazing. I was, I was really, it was a big deal for me, actually, that to yeah. be one of the 100 people in Australia to be asked, actually, to participate. And, um, and yeah, and actually, I, my previous work was with Innovate Australia and Hydrogen Society of Australia, because they were interested, actually, in uh, sort of uh, intersection of those two things, you know, so... So that that's why. So so if you ask me, that's for me was <laughs> yeah. I mean you know I had my ups and downs and I had my really good moments you know. So um, but this this happened recently and I'm I'm proud of it. <laughs> A small detail in our life, you turn left not right, can change the rest of your life basically okay and there are so many of the small moments and all this happened because of people goodwill just say you know just uh you know being giving you know so that's that's yeah i want to give him credit so thank you it's amazing to talk to you and to hear your enthusiasm which is where i started so thank you so much for your time yeah fantastic thank you For more information on this project, go to pabf.com.au. This podcast was brought to you by the Polish Embassy in Australia, Polish Investment and Trade Agency, Polaron, the Freedom and Democracy Foundation, English for Business, 
and SBS Radio. This was put together by Marchmade Collective. <laughs>